0: 15 58 um, one thing I should say we are having our business meeting on April 12th I do have to announce that legally unfortunately I don't have to do that so April 12th is our business meeting it's a Wednesday at 7 pm forget, next Sunday night is the first Sunday of the month, so we're doing a focused prayer service in the evening of that service. Uh, well first, is it set up, Annabelle? First Corinthians um, 15, 58, it says, uh, therefore, my beloved brethren, be Sorry. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain for the Lord. Amen. Let's pray once more together. we we'll gonna talk about being unmovable tonight. More of a teaching maybe than just yelling at you, but we'll see. Maybe I'll yell a bit just to make you feel good. Pray. Let's pray together. Jesus, Hallelujah. We thank you, God, for your your anointing, your Spirit that's here tonight. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, God, that you would um, challenge us and uh, draw us closer to you, make us more like you. In Jesus' name, I pray that your will be done. The rest of this, the service, God, going forward. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can you can be seated that's what you want to do. Um, I find that we tend to like characters in history who are immovable or unmovable. That was probably supposed to be immovable, but the the verse we read says unmovable, so that's what we're going with. Um, When we look back in history and we celebrate men and women who stood against something or stood for something oftentimes to their own demise we like heroes who take a stand and i i like to learn um, i like stories i like learning about different cultures and i find it interesting how different people in different places do things that we do here but they do them a little different um, one of the easiest ways for me to do this is i can't afford to travel I and mean, might be upset if I was gone all the time um, because every time I come back I get sick so just be sick or gone but one of the easiest ways for me to do this is is YouTube um, and I came across a YouTube channel are this morning we talked a lot about Benin we're gonna keep our African theme going so um, I came across a YouTube channel of a young lady from Kenya which is in East Africa. And she was exploring some countries in West Africa and learning about them and seeing as we spent some time in West Africa as a family. And we have um, several friends who are missionaries in different countries in West Africa. Um, I'm always interested in learning more about these countries and um, culture and things like that. And I was watching a video um, which was in the tiny country of Guinea-Bissau, which you can barely see on the map there. It's one of the few Portuguese-speaking countries in Africa. And a local lad was giving her a tour in English, and they came to an airport, and there's a statue of a man. And he told her this is Amilcar... Oh, I can't say his name in English. Um, Amilcar Cabral. And he said, we owe everything to him. And he's going on, he said he's a big hero to us. He's he said this several times in different ways, almost breaking in, into tears how much he appreciated what this man had done for his country and I had never heard about him before and so I looked him up and I'm sure you're aware of this but every country in Africa except Ethiopia and Liberia have been at some point colonized by a European country. Up until 1973 Guinea-Bissau was um, property or owned or under the dominion of Portugal but a man named emilcar Cabral He fought to change that. He believed that his country should be independent. He was born um, in Guinea-Bissau at the time. It was just called Portuguese Guinea. He went to college in Lisbon, um, Portugal. While he was a student there, he founded student movements dedicated to opposing the ruling dictatorship of Portugal and promoting the cause of independence for the Portuguese colonies of Africa. He returned um, to Africa in the 50s from Portugal and was instrumental in promoting the independence causes of the then Portuguese colonies. In 1956, he was the founder of the PAIGC, which is just Portuguese for the African Party for the independence of Guinea and Cape Verde. From his, from 1963 until 1973, Cabral led um, this group's movement um, in Portuguese Guinea against the government, which evolved into one of the most successful wars of independence in modern African history. The goal of the conflict was to gain independence for both um, Guinea and Cape Verde. Over the course of the conflict, as the movement captured territory from the Portuguese, Cabral became the leader of a large portion of what became Guinea-Bissau. In preparing for the Independence War, he set up training camps in Ghana, and he he realized that the war effort could only be sustained if his troops could be fed and taught to live off the land alongside the general population. So he trained his troops to teach local farmers um, better farming techniques while he was in Portugal. That's what he studied in university. And this was to ensure that they could increase productivity and be able to feed their own family and community as well as the soldiers enlisted in his army. And so he strengthened the country, the economy, while strengthening the army, which is an unheard of thing. Usually a civil war just destroys everything, but he strengthened both. And Cabral and his his party, they set up a trade and barter bazaar system that moved throughout the country and made staple goods available to um, rural areas at prices lower than that of the store owners um, that were run by the Portuguese. During the war, he also set up a roving hospital in triage Station to give medical care to wounded soldiers, but also just general care to um, the larger population. He was a visionary and a leader, and he fought for his people, and he fought for freedom. Unfortunately some of his own men became disgruntled and shot him in January 1973 before he saw victory for his country. But it was the movement that Cabral started and the unmovable belief that he had in his country and freedom for his people that saw Guinea-Bissau become its own independent nation on September 24th 1973. And a recent poll in 2020 by the BBC saw him ranked as one of the greatest leaders in world history. I don't know much about his politics or anything. I didn't get into that. But I do know that he was an unmovable and steadfast man in what he believed for his country. And he stood for that. And he was willing to lay down his life for it. The Bible, the Bible is full of stories. And there are some stories that seem to, to rise to the top. And some they get preached more often than others. Um, David and Goliath Daniel, the lion's den Jesus and any miracle (laughs) I don't know Esther, all of them, whatever whatever one I say, you're going to know but we have stories that we're all we have stories that we read, we're drawn to them and maybe because we identify with a character uh, maybe because it this story, the lessons learned have helped us through um, a certain trial or time in our life. Um, one of the things that I really appreciate about the Bible is the more you read it and take your time with it, the more you notice and the more that sticks out to you. Because there are a lot more stories in the Bible than just the main ones that we hear on Veggie Tales or whatever TV show we watch or read. Whatever. There are a lot of stories that are very short, and we can kind of just skip over them because they're not chapters long or whatever. And, um, one of my favorites is a short story. that's two verses. And it's a story about one of David's mighty men named Shammah, or Shammah. And that is the verse I was supposed to read earlier. Here we go. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Herarite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils and the people fled from the Philistines. So we stand in here. um, There's some ground with lentils and everyone's run away from the Philistines. And he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines and the Lord wrought a great victory. That's this whole story. He just stood there in a a field of beans and killed all the Philistines. Hey, that rhymes he defended a field of lentils from the philistines he killed people over a field of beans and i've heard uh, a good deal of preaching in my life as i'm sure that you have um we've heard yeah a good deal of preaching not necessarily good preaching we've heard a good deal of it you've heard a lot of it most of us have i've done a fair share of preaching whether it's good or not i don't know i figure uh i did some rough math and a I figured I preached around, or taught around 600 times already here, and that's just insane. Most messages are forgotten. If I asked you to start listing off 600 things, go. You forgot them. That's okay. That's okay. We don't remember every meal we ate, but we wouldn't be alive without them, and so I like to believe that it is with preaching. Um, But I distinctly remember during Bible college um, Brother Sully preaching about this story as I had never heard anybody preach about this story um, talking about how to everyone else it was just a field of lentils I remember him passionately preaching they're just beans Shama and just going And just it's stuck in my head but to Shama this piece of land belonged to Israel. It was an inheritance from the Lord. It belonged to the Lord. And so he was willing to put his life on the line because it was something that was worth fighting for. And he talked about how there are some things worth fighting for that may seem like little things to others doctrine, holiness, baptism in Jesus' name, one God, and all of these things. And it's been like 16 years or something. He's now a missionary in West Africa, in Senegal. And uh, But I always remember that one, and he talked about being unmovable, and how it can be a good thing. And some of us, though, I think we can do the unmovable thing wrong. We won't budge on things that don't matter. And we stick to our opinions and our wants over the Word, and that's wrong. And some folks, their theme song is, We Shall Not Be Moved. We're going to talk <laughs> about being unmovable tonight. We're going to go through... What it means for us is um, we're, we're not fighting for lentils, hopefully. We're not overthrowing the government. Some of you may want to. just let it go. But who? who should be unmovable? Paul says this: He says, "Therefore my beloved brethren be ye steadfast and unmovable. My beloved brethren, his fellow Christians, his fellow. Believers, us—the ones that he's writing this letter to—we should be unmovable. So, what is? We said steadfast and unmovable. What is steadfast and unmovable? Steadfast means settled, sitting, or firm. It's uh, describing something like a statue or a, a wrestler refusing to give up ground. Something, someone that's not easily pushed around. That's firm, unmovable. This is the only time this word is used in the the Bible. Just like steadfast, but it's a stronger word. Um, This is what the Bible tells us we should be. Steadfast and unmovable. Firm and unmovable. Uh, We can't be weak Christians. We can't be pushed around by every issue. We can't be swayed by any teaching that we hear. We can't allow ourselves to get distracted by all the things we can't allow ourselves to get offended and hurt. We must stay and remain steadfast and immovable, secure in Jesus, standing on the word, standing by faith, fighting, if we have to, for a field of lentils like Shama. We let everything, i well, maybe not all of us, some of us, we'll let every little thing shake us. Every little thing that happens, Our faith gets rattled so easily. A prayer is an answer the way that we expect. Something happens that we don't agree with. Someone does something sinful and harmful. Someone lets us down. It happens. And our faith gets shaken. But we're supposed to be steadfast and firm and unmovable. God, help us. We have so many excuses and we allow ourselves to be moved so easily. When should we be... I preached this a couple of weeks ago, but Galatians 6 and 9 says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Doing the right thing can get wearisome. Doing the right thing can get tiresome. Doing the right thing doesn't come naturally, we said. Holding back, not giving in to anger, not giving in to bitterness, praying and fasting, these things don't come easily to us. Um It can get tiresome, being steadfast and unmovable can be a tiring thing when you 're standing and you 're being pushed from all sides and life 's hitting you from all sides and things are coming at you. A bunch of philistines at once wasn 't an easy task for shama. The Bible said he stood in the middle of the field and fought them if you 're i don 't know much about military strategy, but that 's not the best if you 're one against a hundred or so it was a troop. I don't know how much the troop was. They were one against a big group. Standing alone in the middle is probably not the best idea. Well, somehow, God worked and helped him and he defeated the enemy. And I can tell you that wasn't an easy battle for him. It can get tiresome. It's easy to do things that come naturally to us. You don't get weary and wrongdoing. That's the easy thing to do. You know how easy it is to not live for God? All you gotta do is nothing. Do whatever you want. Done. Nailed it. Yes. It's an easy thing to not live for God. Living for God and doing the right thing is work, it's tiresome. Standing is tiresome. I'm the only one standing right now. Standing wears you out. It gets tiresome doing the right thing over and over and over. When you look around, it seems like no one else is and no one else seems to care. It's exhausting when you're the only person in your family trying to live for God. and You've got to endure the criticisms and the picking and the comments. And sometimes you may think, you know, what is even the point? I've been doing this for so long. I've been praying so long. I've been fasting forever. I've been kind to this person forever. I've been patient. I've tried to keep the peace. I've been faithful for years. I've been working so long. And there are times when it just gets too much and we get weighed down with life and people and circumstances and sometimes it doesn't seem like anything's happening. I press the button by accident. How are we unmovable? And those times are the the times that we can be tempted to just throw in the towel and start allowing ourselves to be moved. That is these times that we need to remain steadfast and unmovable. These are the times that we need to do it. So how do we and do it. Thankfully, the Bible tells us how to stand. Ephesians 6, it says, Therefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shall with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked." And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all suppli- prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication to all saints. He said, You want to know how to stand? You want to know how to be unmovable? You need the whole armor of God. You need to put it on. We need the truth, we need righteousness. We need the gospel of peace. We need faith. We need salvation. We need the Spirit. We need to pray in the Spirit. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. We need to pray in the Spirit. You want to fight in the Spirit? You need to pray in the Spirit. That's how we stand. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. When we stand, we don't just stand to stand. We're always to be abounding in the work of the Lord. You want to be unmovable? Get involved. You want to be steadfast? Get working, baby. Shama was involved. Shama was engaged. Everyone else ran, everyone else left. He was the one that was involved in the battle. He was the one that was engaged in the battle. He wasn't just standing there Sighing and complaining. (sighs) I'm here forever. These Philistines won't go away. I hate this. He was engaged. All the Philistines are at it again. (laughs) He was working. He was engaged. The armor of God isn't just to put on and hide. You don't put on the armor and go sit on the couch. You put on the armor and go to war. You don't put on the armor and go. Get your groceries. I don't know. You put the armor and go to war. You go to fight. You go. You go to work. You go to do something. The armor of God isn't just to put on the hide. It's to fight and to work and to defend and expand the kingdom. The stand against or the stand means to take a stand against or to oppose something. There, there are some who are immovable, but it's just stubbornness, and they don't even know. Who they're standing for or what they're standing against. They're just standing for the sake of standing. They just want to be in the way, I think, some people. I ain't moving. There are others who are immovable because they're in love with Jesus and they're fighting alongside Him. You cannot be a steadfast, unmovable Christian and not be involved in the work of the Lord. If we are not actively seeking to expand and build the kingdom, we are not steadfast and unmovable. We're just there that's what he said I want you to be steadfast and unmovable working we're called to be unmovable why should we be unmovable look at the verses before this isn't a very long message so that's what you like then that's what you got verse 50 1 Corinthians 15 and 50 now this I say brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God neither doth corruption inherit incorruption Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be all be changed. For this, it, for this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on In corruption is mortal, shall upon immortality shall be brought up to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Why should we be unmovable? Because we have this promise. Why should we continue to stand in the face of everything that's thrown at us because we have this promise with all the stuff we are enduring, with all the junk that we have to go through, all the things that have happened to us and happened to our families, all the awful things that life has thrown at us, all the hurt and the heartache and the pain and the sorrow and disappointments and even death itself. It's all going to be taken away in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. When that trumpet sounds, we shall be changed. And we will have victory over death. Death, he says, where is your staying grave? Where is your victory? Thanks be to God. He gives us victory. And that is why we need to hold on. That is why we need to be unmovable. That is why we need to remain steadfast. Because if we do, there is a promise of a place where there's peace. There is a hope of heaven. We need to remain steadfast and unmovable because of what is waiting on the other side. For Cabral, it was freedom that caused him to continue to stand. For Shama, those beings were the Lord's, and they would sustain his family. It was valuable, and that's what caused him to stand. And for us, it's the hope of heaven that should cause us to continue to stand. Sometimes we allow ourselves to be moved just a little bit, and we'll try to convince ourselves that it's fine. We just move a little bit, we go here a little bit, we go there a little bit, but we gotta continue to stay steadfast, solid, unmovable on the word of God. Storms come, trials come, and they will try to shake us. I know I've been through I've been through stuff. I've told you stories, I've been through some things, I've seen things happen, I've had things happen in my family. But this is the thing about storms. This is the thing about trials. They do not last. They cannot last. The UPC preacher Tess Stewart said this in regards of storms. He said the same volatile variables that make a storm possible also make it impossible for a storm to be permanent. It doesn't matter how much rain falls, the sun will shine again. It doesn't matter how much the wind blows, there will be Peace. There will be laughter after this. Yes, weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. And I can live through the night. And what he means is, a storm cannot last by its very definition. A storm is a temporary thing. A storm cannot go on forever, or it's not a storm. That's just the way things are. It's not. It's either a storm or it isn't. But the storm, it's gotta last. The storm is. Temporary. We, all we need to do is outlast the storm. All we need to do is remain steadfast and unmovable. There's joy on the other side. There's freedom on the other side. If not here, if we don't get through it here, we'll get it there. If not here, then there. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And some nights seem longer than others, but the fact is, morning is coming joy is coming the storm will stop and the winds will settle the rain will dry up the clouds will part the light will come back on again the tears will be dried. the sorrow will be lifted the bible says that god shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away i don't know how that's all going to work out But all I know is that's what it says. So that's what's going to happen. The word says it. So there's going to be no more tears. There's going to be no more death. There's going to be no more sorrow or crying or pain. All the former things will be passed away. No matter what we are facing here on earth, it will not last. No matter what trial we find ourselves in, it will not last. All we need to do is stay unmovable and steadfast and outlast the storm. Outlast the enemy. All Shama had to do was outlast those Philistines. There was only a, so many of them. All you had to do was outlast the next one. When the bear's chasing you, all you got to do is run faster than your friend. You got to outlast your friend. All you got to do is outlast the storm. In Acts 27, God promised Paul that he would see him through a storm. It's the same God who wants you to know today that he's going to see you through this one if you keep your faith in him and remain unmovable and steadfast. Trisha, for sure if you've had somehow. In the early chapters of the book of Acts, the church is birthed. People are excited and things are going well. People are being added to the church daily. Uh, they're, people are receptive. There's no pushback. There's no. There's nothing. It's everything's going as well as it could. They're going house to house, and they're eating, and they're teaching, and they're praying and preaching, and it's just a wonderful time. But then Peter and John they see a lame man healed inside the temple. And that sets the religious nuts off. And they they get arrested and persecution starts happening to the newborn church. And these guys, they've never been persecuted like this. They're all good, faithful Jews. You know. They didn't get along with the Roman government, but they figured it out. They weren't being beaten every day, they weren't being arrested for being Jewish. You know they with their own people now they're arresting them and they start treating them poorly and they start persecuting them. Their own people, their own flesh and blood. So what do they do? They get together and they have a prayer meeting. What do they pray? Part of it Chapter 4, it says, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. By stretching forth thy hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. The English standard that says that they prayed your servants, and your servants um, to continue to speak. What they prayed for was that God would help them continue through the persecution. They didn't pray for deliverance. They didn't pray for the storm to stop. They didn't pray for the wind to stop blowing. They prayed that God would give them what they needed to get through. To give them boldness. To continue to speak the word. To continue to preach. And that sounds like being steadfast and unmovable to me. We want God to deliver us all the time. and He he can and He will. But they pray for boldness. Boldness in the Holy Ghost is what's going to make you steadfast. It's going to make you stand. It's going to make you unmovable. It's what's going to keep you when the snickers and the comments and the jeering and the bullying happens. It's what's going to keep this whole thing going verse 31 it says when they prayed the place was shaken when they were assembled together and they were all filled with the holy ghost and they began and they spake the word of god with boldness when they were done praying this prayer something happened god stepped in in such a way the place was shaken because they weren't asking to be delivered they were asking to continue they're asking god God, we're going to stay in this We're not going to go back. We're going to stay. We're going to continue. We're going to be unmovable. We're going to be steadfast. Give us the strength. Give us the boldness. Give us the anointing. Give us what we need to continue to preach, to continue what we're doing. We're not going to give up because of this storm. We're not going to give up because of this trial or persecution. And we know these guys, they endured and they remained faithful. They remained steadfast. They remained unmovable. And God continued to work mightily through them. And so, what i like to do tonight is this as we're traveling to a close, and I'm going to have to give my kid in a second. We're going to pray. We're going to ask, I'm going to invite you to pray the same prayer that they prayed God, give us boldness in the Holy Ghost. God, give us the boldness to continue to preach. God, give us the boldness to continue to endure. I hear the threatenings. I hear the storm. I hear the persecution. I hear the trial. God, give me the boldness to stay and to stand. Give us boldness in the Holy Ghost to keep on preaching, to keep on living, to keep on serving, to keep on being faithful, or whatever it is. Let all people in this place we've got things that are going on things that have happened to our families things that have happened to our homes things that we're dealing with and the enemy is trying to constantly constantly trying to get us to move we need that holy ghost boldness to stand in the face of a storm so to open all altar. we in come here. we could pray that tonight who knows maybe the place will be shaken God, answer their prayer. They're all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with what? With boldness. He answered their prayer. We're going to open the altar. I'm going to stop talking. Let's find a place in prayer. Let's pray that prayer tonight. In Jesus'